0: You are listening to the Citizens Church podcast. Citizens Church exists to saturate Bryan College Station, Texas with the good news and love of Jesus. To learn more about Citizens Church, visit us online at citizensbcs.com. Today's message is from Pastor Ben Rush. In three days time here this Wednesday, we're going to be starting three communities across Bryan College Station. We've been referring to that as house church. And so what we're doing is we're launching two of these communities in Bryan and one in College Station. And so I I was too excited to wait and announce that anymore. So I just wanted to start with that. And so uh, we're going to start these for three reasons. Actually, there are a bunch of reasons, but there are three main reasons. Our vision as a church is we want to saturate Bryan College Station with the good news of Jesus. And the primary way that this is going to happen is is in the context of community, as the family of God scattered all throughout uh, Bryan College Station. So that's the first reason. The second is uh, when we begin to gather in person again, which we're really looking forward to, uh, that is going to happen first in these communities because it's just a smaller number of people and uh, we can hang out outside or something like that. And so Uh, We'll start actually first on Zoom this Wednesday, and then as time goes on, we'll see what happens. But uh, we're thinking that as we start to gather in person, we'll do that first in community. We'll continue meeting here on Sunday afternoons at 4, but this will be the first way that we gather together. And then the the second or third reason is that uh, this is kind of funny, but this is how I think about it. So you can make fun of me if you want. But I see this as a new reformation. I think that citizens is a part of a new reformation. And the way that that plays out for me is that I want to reform the way that people view the church. When you think about the church, we think about a building. Well, that's when you look at the New Testament description, it's not there at all. It's actually a community of believers that gather together to worship, break bread, pray together, uh, study God's word. And we see that in Acts 2, 42 through 47. And so we want to not deconstruct. We're not deconstructionists. We're not blowing up the church and like starting over again. We're looking at the earliest documents in scripture and saying, what does the New Testament say about the church? And we're striving to be like that. And so we see God's people gathered in community. We want to do that. And so those are just some of the ways that uh, that we see this tying into our vision, and we're excited about it. These are some of the reasons that we're doing it. We're going to start on Zoom. At first, again, there's two meeting this Wednesday night in Bryan on Zoom, uh, and then one in College Station, and I'll be sending out more information actually in the next couple of days, and so I hope that you'll go ahead and pencil in on your calendar Wednesday at 7 to be a part of that. So, Michelle read John 15, and you're wondering, what does this have to do with what we just read, maybe, possibly? So here, there's a lot going on in this passage, but what I want to do is simply look at one of Jesus's commands, okay, in light of where we're going as a church. And the command is this, Jesus says it at the end, he says, love one another. Uh, This is one of the plainest commands of scripture, I think, uh, that Jesus lays out. Uh, It's not um, easy to debate it. It's clear, it's plain, that's what I mean, but it's not easy to do. In fact, I feel like this is one of the things that as a church, for 2,000 years, the church has been messing up on, loving one another. And so you think about all of the divisions and the fractures within the body of Christ that have existed for a long time and they exist today. And you think about maybe your own church experience as uh, living with other followers of Jesus. And you think about loving one another. Maybe you think of a couple of people that you really love and maybe some others that maybe you don't feel that way about. For me and most of my life, the people that I've had the most fights with, the most disagreements with, the most inter- under, uh, misunderstandings with, people that I've been hurt by and people that I've hurt myself are all primarily in the church. And that's sad. It shouldn't be that way. And so I want us to be a part of the change and that's what I'm excited about with starting these new communities. I want us to be a part of this new reformation, reforming the way redefining the way that people see church or think about church and also reforming the way that people see followers of Jesus. And uh, so how do we start that? I think we start looking at Jesus's command there in verse 17. And he says, this is my command, love one another. So throughout the New Testament, there are all of these one another uh, scriptures. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but the the phrase one another is actually in the New Testament over a hundred times. And 59 of those are tied specifically to a command that's meant to instruct us as believers and followers of Jesus, how to relate to one another in community as his disciples. And so in my life, I feel like that most of the time I have functionally just kind of ignored this command in my everyday life. If I can maybe give you an example of my own brokenness and sin, Um, a couple of days ago, I was on a text group with, or I reached out, excuse me, one-on-one to someone that I hadn't spoken to in, in five years. And it's a brother in Christ who basically we just had a falling out five years ago. And I don't know if it was studying this passage or just, he's been on my mind. I decided to reach out to him, but we were good friends. We lived in the same neighborhood. Our kids were friends. We dreamed together. We created ministry together, songs, and all kinds of interesting projects that we were a part of together until it all kind of fell apart. And lines were drawn, sides were taken. And this is somebody that I loved dearly. And this is in the church, like I'm talking about. Loving one another was easy until it wasn't. And there were two sides and he had kind of created the other side and was the ringleader. And and then on my side, I vilified and I thought the worst and I filled in the blanks. And I tried to triage the situation by going behind some of the damage that he had done and tried to restore friendships. But at the time, I was judging him in my mind and I never reached out to him one-on-one and apologized and said, hey, what did I do, man? What What's going on? I mean, even to the degree, and this is... Embarrassing to admit, I tried to get the guy fired because it was so bad and it was so clear that he was stirring up stuff. And actually, the pastors and the elders that I reported to, they said, Yeah, he's definitely guilty and you're definitely innocent, but we're not gonna terminate him. And you know, I'm giving you the you know the shortened version, but that was a tough pill to swallow because in my pride and in my arrogance. I didn't run to resolving the conflict between us. I didn't seek to love him like Jesus is describing here in this passage. And I feel like that's just a picture of maybe something that you've experienced in your life. I mean, in church, if you think about it, I've experienced that. I know that that's several of your stories where there's just this falling out and you're thinking what's going on, what's happening. And we look at this passage, we think about how Jesus says to abide in him and we do that abiding by obeying his commands. And he summarizes his command by saying, love one another. Um, I don't know about you, but I haven't always, I haven't always done that. And God's working on that in me. And I'm saying that as, as your pastor, I'm like, I'm on this journey with you learning what this means, learning to die to myself and learning to pursue Jesus in this way and pursue others like this. So in this passage today, uh, Jesus is saying to you and me to to abide in him, to remain in him. And he says, the father's going to prune us, which sounds painful. And it usually is. But if we stick it out, fruit is produced and it all goes back to the main command, which is loving one another. And Jesus knows that loving one another is, it's not our default. I I don't think he would have said that we need to do this if it was just a given, if it was something that was just easy to do. He knew it would be hard. And so threaded all throughout the narrative of the New Testament, through the gospel accounts and through the epistles are these little one another reminders. Now, when I say these, I'm going to pop five or six or 10 or so. When I say these, this is all under the context of community and what we are about to step into, which is really, really exciting as a church. All throughout scripture are are threaded these one another statements. I'm just going to list a few. Love one another is one we're talking about today. Forgive one another. Be devoted to one another. Care for one another. Be humble to one another. Be gracious to one another. Submit to one another. Pray for one another. Honor one another. One another. I mean, that's, that's what God has called us into to be a part of his family is a one another-ness. And I'm making that word up. But there's this thing about being a part of a family and connected to other believers that's actually by design. It's something that Jesus has designed for us. And I don't, wanna, I don't want us to miss out of that. I've missed out on some of that for a, a big portion of my life, and I'm really hungry for it. And so there are some obstacles to community. When we think about jumping in community, I can think of several obstacles. I mean, number one, I've been hurt in community. I don't want to be hurt again. That may be you today. You're like, hey, I don't know about this because I've been hurt. I don't want to be hurt again. I heard a a quote. I'm going to steal. It's either from John Tyson or John Mark Coomer. I'm not sure. But basically the idea is we are hurt in community and we are healed in community. We are hurt in community and we are healed in community. And so a lot of times we get hurt in community and we start building walls up and we say, okay, well that was terrible and I'm not gonna do that again. But actually our call as followers of Jesus and his way is to engage, re-engage in community. Maybe it's a new community, but when you do that, you start to let your guard down and you start to become vulnerable and open and honest with one another and you're healed through the process. I know some of you have experienced that already here in the last year. I know we've experienced that we hurt. We are hurt in community. We're healed in community. Another obstacle is mistaking community with chemistry or chemistry with community. We say things like, Hey, I don't really know these people. They're not like me or I'm not like them. And Jesus would say to us today, that's great. That's wonderful. Cause he's building a family. You can actually have chemistry without community. And community without chemistry, these words are not synonymous. They're not the same thing. It's actually really easy, if you think about it, to love the people who are exactly like you. It's assumed, everyone does it. That's why Jesus says that we need to love one another. That's why there are all of these one another commands. I mean, Jesus actually even says that we are supposed to love our enemies. So if that's the case, how much more should we be loving one another? We need this community of other believers to prune us and point us to continue following in his way. Another obstacle to community that I've experienced myself is just idealism, unrealistic expectations. You know, I have these expectations that I have in community that things are supposed to be performed in a certain way. And I was reading this uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer quote this last week in his book, Life together. This is what he said about community. Every human wish dream that is injected into the Christian community is a hindrance to the genuine community and must be banished if genuine community is to survive. He who loves the dream of community more than community itself becomes the destroyer of the latter. Even though his personal intentions may be ever so honest and earnest and sacrificial the man who fashions a visionary ideal of community and demands that it be realized by God, by others and himself. He enters the community of Christians with his demands, sets up his own law and judges the brethren and God and himself. Accordingly, we come in with the heart posture of demand rather than one of grateful reception. That's an, uh, an, uh, an obstacle to community here guys is coming into this thing. All of us have different church backgrounds to varying degrees when we come into the community that we're about to form together and we lay out our expectations and our hopes and our dreams above others. Actually what Bonhoeffer is saying that we make God our subject, trying to obey us when we define community. Guys, we're going to look at scripture and we're going to see what this looks like as we try it out together. We're going to learn together with the heart and the attitude of Jesus in humility. Okay. So then another obstacle, just a couple more. One, one is uh, loving one another is actually hard work. And so most of us just opt out of that. And the scary warning is found in verse six. And Jesus says, if you don't remain in me by loving one another, you'll be like a branch that's cut from the vine, thrown away, picked up and thrown into the fire. (laughs) Okay. I don't know that he's talking about eternal punishment. Some people, you know, say that I think what he's basically saying is if we're not in community, we're actually worthless. And so when God comes out to prune and, Oh, there's a dead branch, we're just going to cut it off. And so we miss out on the fruitfulness of being a part of the kingdom here in Bryan college station. When we don't enter into community, Another thing that we often do, I, I do myself, is that sometimes we put uh, get, we elevate gifts and we say they're more attractive than commands. And so, you know, the whole idea of loving one another in community, I'll opt out of that. But I'm I'm gonna focus because God's really called me. I'm a you know, I'm a teacher, or I, I maybe I I have the gift of hospitality, or maybe you might even call yourself you you operate in the prophetic or something like that. Well, Jesus is saying actually, and Paul says it best in in 1 Corinthians 13, that, that that gifts are actually, they don't mean really that much in comparison to love. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith, so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give everything away that I have, if I deliver my body up to be burned as a sacrifice, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable. It's not resentful. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but it rejoices in the truth Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they're going to pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. And then you jump down to verse 13. He says, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So I want that passage there. I want that to describe us. It should describe us. And it should describe our communities that we're about to start. So let's remember that as we, as we begin on Wednesday. So one of the questions that I have, you may have is how do we do this? How do we love one another in the context of community? I think we point to what Jesus says. Jesus says greater love has no man than he who lays down his life for his friends. And so we lay down our life for one another. And we do that in the context of community, right? We come with our diverse backgrounds, age, uh, ethnically, financially, maturity-wise. And we, we're we in a house studying God's word together, worshiping together. And we lay our lives and our preferences down for others in the context of community. We lay our lives down. We also need to expre- uh, expect the pruning and expect the pain that comes in community. It's not always going to be painful. It's not always going to be fun. There's going to be both. And honestly, this is where most people tap out with the pain, with the pruning. This is where people say, hey, this is kind of unhealthy or this is dysfunctional. And sometimes that's true, but usually it's a cop-out. We pick up our toys, right? And we take our emotional and spiritual baggage to the next community or church that will honestly eventually disappoint us because we're still there. So instead we actually should expect pain and pruning to produce the fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in us in community. And this is where we we need to press in. I'm, I'm closing here, I'm landing the plane, but two or three more things that, ways that we can love one another in community is to fight for unity, Ephesians four three. We're fighting for unity, in the bond of peace. Okay, we're also going to believe the best in others. 1 Corinthians thirteen seven. We just read it. We're going to believe the best in others. We're going to seek first to understand, and then be understood. Which is not in the Bible. That's a Stephen Covey quote. But the idea is is found in James one verse nineteen. It says, "Be slow to anger, be slow to." Judge. Be quick to forgive. Be, you know, that's the attitude and the heart posture that God wants us to have in community. Seeking to understand first, being slow to judge, being slow to anger, being quick to forgive. Okay, so this is just the beginning. All right, one day uh, down the road, scattered all across Bryan College Station, there are going to be all of these small communities of believers who are known for their love for one another that's our prayer so much so that like in acts 2 we'll have favor with everyone and many will come to follow jesus and this is going to be the first time i'm going to i'm going to say this publicly it won't be the last time i say this if you have to choose between being in community and and coming to a sunday gathering If if you have to pick one, we want you to be in both, but if you have to pick one, be in a community, okay? If you have to pick between being in community and attending a Sunday service, be in community, okay? I really mean that. We need that, we need one another, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait, honestly, as I look ahead to see, even though we're starting on Zoom, I cannot wait to see what God does inside of you inside of me as we start this together. Love one another. Let me pray for us and then Jack's gonna sing. Thanks for joining us today for the message. We hope it was encouraging to you. To learn more about Citizens Church, including gathering times and locations, or to give financial support, please visit citizensbcs.com. And again, thanks for listening to the Citizens Church podcast.